Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, Jet Nation was good. As always, with the beautiful Wookiee art behind it, we are joined by Division One tight end, Majestic Beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Krunk. How's everybody doing tonight? Happy to have you here. And we have a special guest, guys, joining us to chop it up about the schedule that just popped out and a few more of these draft picks we didn't get into last episode. One Harrison Glazer, podcaster, teacher, jet expert. Thank you for joining us, bro. My pleasure, man. I appreciate that. It was a hell of an introduction. I love it, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Glad to talk about them jets. Let's get yeah, into man. it. Another another member of the extended Jet family, of which whenever, like Harrison, we always say this, when you see a Jet fan out in public, even a stranger Jet fan, you don't have to talk. You don't have to speak to each other. You just know. You know each other have gone through these shared experiences and torture. So welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here with us, man. Oh, it's so true, man. We're united by our anguish. And we see it, you know, all around, like what happened with Schlereth and everything. It's just like, I compare it to like, you remember the old Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire when yeah. he's like hanging off the bridge and like the, he's trying to save the girl and can't make a decision and right when the guy's about to hit him, the guy throws it from, from the bridge and he's like, hey, when you mess with one of us, you mess yeah. with all of us. Yeah. Uh, like that's yeah. always that's always what I think about when I think of New Yorkers when exactly. I think of Jet fans. Keith, and that's remember? why that's why Schlereth knew he could get under our skin so easily as he did just because of the nature of Jet fans and the way we unite. He knew what he was doing there, Mike. Go Keith, ahead, Mike. You know, you know that, remember when I was texting you about Schlereth? He, Harrison was the one that was going back and forth with him on Twitter. That's, that's who That's who he is. So first of all, thank you, Harrison. Who's... Thank you for taking that mantle for all Jet <laughs> My fans. pleasure, man. My pleasure. I, I felt the need. I, I, I well, yeah. And My you pleasure, saw you man. saw what he was doing. You knew it was trolling. However, sometimes, I say this to Mike sometimes, sometimes people are trolling you. You know they're trolling you, but you still got to say something back. You have to do it. And in your case, you stuck up for Jet Nation. We appreciate it big time. Did not get a chance last show to get into these picks at the end of the draft, Mike. We went through those first four picks, four offensive picks again. We were stoked. We know we're moving in the right direction on offense. But the end of the draft was all defense. Yep. All defense, okay? They went with a whole bunch of players that when they drafted them and what you've heard after the draft, this is what Harrison can help us out here with, is they play different positions. We're going right. to draft a corner, he's going to play safety. We're drafting a guy who played a corner, he's going to play linebacker. Wild things that you're like, wow, a lot of crazy stuff's going on here. So Harrison's going to help Harrison's going to help us make sense of it. The first guy they took that we haven't gotten to yet, number 146 overall, round five out of Auburn, Jamie and Sherwood, safety slash linebacker. Okay, great tackler, as we know. Um, past possible weak side linebacker, along with another guy we drafted. Could even start, maybe. I've heard Harrison week one. Is that outside of, is that out of the question? Do you think this guy has a literate shot of starting over Cashman week one there, weak side linebacker? <laughs> 
No, that's not an over. Uh, that that that's totally within the realm of possibility. In fact, I see him and Hamster National Dean lighting it up in training camp and showing that hybrid defender ability. And that's what excited me so much about it. I do my own draft eval, and you know I. I'm also a teacher, as you guys mentioned. So, you know, I can't out of the time to dig into everyone. I'm not Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> so, and I try to get into later picks too, like guys, you know, with later potential. So I focus on who I think the Jets are in need of. And I didn't think safety was a need. So I dug really into linebackers. And I'd mentioned a lot of late round linebackers like Charles Snowden that I liked in a 4-3 scheme. Joe Douglas comes out and gets these safeties. And at first, I mean, I'd seen Jamie and Sherwood play at Auburn. And my reaction was, okay, I know this dude is a monster. Like, that's what I remember watching. Like, this dude flat out murders people. He kills like, people. Just, that's what oh. he does. Like, that's what I remember yeah. from him at Auburn. Like, he just puts people out. Like, he is Absolutely. the definition of a hitman. But I didn't know too much more until I dove deeper into it. But then they announced Jamie and Sherwood as a linebacker. And that's when my brain just started processing. I'm like, okay. Joe Douglas is playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Yep. Like that's what's happening here. Cause I wasn't even smart enough to think, okay, wait a minute. We were gonna take Keanu Neal for this exact reason. We wanted hybrid defenders that can plug into that 4-3 outside linebacker role. What better than a big safety that's good in coverage, hard hitter, good tackler. That's what we got in both these guys. Har Harrison, Kate you gotta know though, that it really wasn't Joe Douglas. From what the reports are, he let Salah take all his players at the back half and just said go ahead do what you got to do these are these are solid players he knows what runs in his defense and then i got two guys i love now man because that yeah. was my immediate thought was that keanu like remember how excited we were about the yeah, idea yeah. of getting keanu neal to play that kind of hybrid four three outside linebacker role right that's what sherwood and Osodine are going to be these yeah. two guys are going to be sideline to sideline elite speed for a linebacker because they were safeties all over the field making great plays and when you think about it when you move a linebacker to the line of scrimmage isn't he just a box safety yeah no these two guys absolutely these two right. guys are beasts as box safeties yeah. they're yeah. going to be in the backfield killing the quarterback killing the running back safeties they were good in coverage so as linebackers they're borderline a lead in coverage exactly. i've seen national game play tight ends like amazingly and yeah. sure we mentioned the big hitting man i want a t-shirt of this because like during the draft they thought he was going to be a safety. So his 40 was a 475, exactly. which is, right, is right. great for a linebacker. That's freaking yeah. great for a linebacker. That's what I wanted but to get to. Go they ahead. questioned him as a safety and said, that's a little slow. I loved his answer, man. Like his answer was like perfect. He was like, you know, I don't care too much about the 40. It's not everything. What was the last sentence he said that I loved? He said, you can run a 4-1, but when you run into a wall, it ends. I was like, I was like, dude, dude, this is my guy. Like, this man's gonna be like David Harris in smaller form. Like, he's just gonna be killing people left and right. Like that it. line, like you can run a four-one, but when you hit a wall, that ends. Yeah, I love I'm just it. like, That's dude, tremendous. this guy's like, yeah, like he's like, I'm gonna kill everybody. Like, yeah, and you it. just covered it, man. They said basically what I saw was that he maybe was projected as a third or fourth round pick. He did his pro day. He ran that four-seven-four, and the stock dropped. But if you don't look at him in that filter and you just switch to the linebacker filter, there you go. That's a, that's a fast linebacker. So that's a, that's a yeah. great point. And when it comes to Nazrul Dean, we'll get back to Michael Carter and we'll jump back to Pan. I think, oh, bro, I think Nazrul Dean could be the steal of the draft because if you look at anybody's mock, 
Nassau Dane was predicted to be a possibly second round pick on day two. And at latest, he was considered like a fourth round pick. This yeah. dude was a legit safety, just like Sherwood. He's a big hitter, but he's better in coverage. Yeah. And I love the Nassau. If he game. hadn't gotten hurt, if he hadn't gotten hurt, right, at the last game of the season, two years He could have been a late first. He would have been a late first. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then he yeah. comes back. He got hurt. And then he comes back, plays last three games of the season. Still, you know, he wanted to show, come back for his teammates, show he had that passion and everything. But when he played two years before, dude, he was one, Keith, he was one of the best in the country. And it's funny, I tweeted it too. Like, I literally said, like, you know, right when they took Sherwood, announced him as a linebacker. My immediate thought was, okay, well, if we're taking safeties to play linebacker, I would have preferred Hamson Asseldeen. And yeah. then they take Nasty, and I'm like, okay, I love this. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, he led FSU in tackles 2018 and 2019. So Dude, I mean, in two is, years. He's another in, tackling machine. Another in two years. Wow. In just two wow. years. He had 192 tackles yeah, just in insane. two years. And then in 2020, he was hurt most of the season. In just two games, he had 13 tackles. Yeah, that's this insane. dude is, is a tackler. And he, like you said, he has the size. He's 6'3", 220. I mean, he could probably put some size on. Say he just gets the 230 and he's 6'3". You can come off. You can play the out. You can play that weak side linebacker and be very effective. Oh, him and line. Herman Sherwood are perfect. Plug yeah. and play. I'm telling you. I think in Canther, flying sideline to sideline, making every play, excellent coverage, getting in the backfield. I see them starting right out of camp in I my opinion. I'm so really you like those two picks? I like to hear love that. Now, when it comes picks. to the second Michael Carter we took, who actually named Michael Carter the second. I know he's about 5'8", 184 from Duke. Nickel-sized cornerback, but I think this might have been another steal, at least from what I read. No, um, it is. He, he really dictates. He really can you diagnose the coverages pretty quick. Is this a guy you also think was a, a tremendous value pick here in the fifth round? Yeah, so same thing. I'd known a little bit about Michael Carter, dug in a little bit more after we got these picks. Every single pick after I dug into them, I loved it. I was like, every single pick is a hit. There's not a single one I don't like. And when you look at Michael Carter, same thing of, you know, playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. That was the safety. He was another safety, but he's drafted to be a slot corner. Like you said, he's perfect slot corner size. Him but when injury. I, that, I was just about to say, man, but when I stopped the thought about it, I realized something. Joe Douglas has a type. And if you saw it, I was tweeting it out on Twitter. The, the three slot corners we have right now, we have Javelin Guidry, mm -hmm. Michael Carter II, mm -hmm. and Brandon Eccles, the guy we took later. Mm -hmm. The 40 mm -hmm. times of those three Ooh, guys, Guidry ran a 4-2-9, Carter ran a 4-3, and Eccles ran a 4-3-4. I never thought I'd say a sentence where over three guys, the slowest one ran a 4-3-4. Harrison, notice there is a theme here with all the picks that Joe Douglas has had over the past two years. He takes athletes. He takes guys who can do things, things that you need or be born with, right? I think there was a thing I can take a, a, a thoroughbred and make him a pony, but you can't make a pony a thoroughbred or something like that. I don't remember the exact term, but essentially he's taking guys that have skills that can do elite stuff. And then you just got to teach him. And I I agree with that approach. I, I really, that's what he does. I mean, we'll get into this last sixth round pick with Marshall. That's my one of my absolute favorite picks of the Those whole 36 draft, bench dude. press reps. Oh, Keith, we're talking about all of the defensive tackles that have ever been drafted, right? This kid that we took at the end of the sixth round is in the top 0.5% from an athletic perspective. Exactly top ever like what? and here's the thing so if you love jonathan marshall oh if you watched him at arkansas everyone said for a 6'3 317 pound dude this kid's best quality is his speed 
for a guy this size, he's really fast and really quick. Like really fast and quick for a dude that size. And the biggest knock on him, people said, was his strength. Yes. They were like, he's not strong enough. And but then he puts up 36 bench reps. That tells me it's coaching. You give a guy like Salahim, dude. Yes, and here, real quick, you look at a guy like Fatukasi. I'm sorry, I don't want to make everybody upset, but Fatukasi and a guy like Nathan Shepard are not going to last in this type of defense. Salah likes guys that go after the quarterback. These two are run, they're run stuffers, and they're going to go into this year. I don't think they're going to bring them back. They might. I don't think they're going to. And that's why you look at a guy like this, Marshall, who then just comes right in. And if we lose either one or both, we've got our next pipeline uh, uh, guy that can come in there and take their position. I just, from what I know, they're big run stuffers, and Salah's defense is a little bit geared off, uh, off away from that. Yeah, I think we have Nathan Shepard has a better chance of hitting the bricks than Fatukasi. Fatukasi's for the amount he plays is as yeah. productive as it gets when it comes to a guy there on the defensive line. But when you think about what you just said, Mike, you take a dude who has this type of raw skills, physical skills. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't been coached the best, like Harrison said, right? And you put him in that D-line room. Now think about who we have in the room right now, guys. We have Quentin Williams. One of the best defensive linemen in the entire league. Rankins, Curry, Kenny Phillips, underrated, tremendous player. Um, Franklin Myers, we got Huff, who was pretty decent last year sometimes. And we have Shepard and Fatukasi. Bunch of good players in there. So, I mean, it's, he's getting put into a place where he's not going to have to really worry about that first year, um, you know, putting up stats or, um, you know, having too much pressure on him. But he can learn, potentially, from somebody like Quinnen, who that first year people thought was underwhelming. And he made a leap to that second year which was absolutely amazing. So um, I'm excited about that pick. And also we have two more picks that we took in the secondary. We took Jason Pinnock out of Pittsburgh, 170, 175th pick overall, fifth round, guys. Now, I know Harrison was a fan of this guy, has the size, has the, has the length, has the strength, athletic, decent ball skills as well. What do you think when they grip this guy up? That was the third defensive player in a row. Maybe Mike's right. Maybe this were all Salah's pick. Did you think this was another good pick for the Jets? See, here's what blew my mind with that one. So, like, same thing. I, I dug into a lot of corners. I hadn't seen Pinnock too much. From what I'd seen in him before the draft, I liked his physicality. I thought he was very physical as a corner. And he matches up against any receiver. And he's got good ball tracking skills. Yeah. Plus, you know, when you think of Pitt, you think of Darrell Rivas. So I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. But so then I decided to look into the numbers. And when I looked into the numbers, my freaking jaw hit the ground. Like I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How is this guy a fifth round pick? So, so check this out for a second. Mm. JC Horn was the eighth overall pick in this last draft. I said the best corner. I thought better than certain. Carolina agreed with me, you know, taking right. a guy like that. But they were bragging that J.C. Horn had a 33% completion percentage allowed against right. in 2020. Well, Jason Pinnock had a lower completion percentage allowed in 2020. In fact, he had the lowest of any corner of completion percentage allowed in 2020 less than J.C. Horn. He actually has the second lowest completion percentage allowed at outside corner since 2019, 1% less than Derek Stingley Jr. Mm -hmm. And he also has the second most forced incompletions in the red zone since 2019, only behind Derek Stingley Jr. Like, I basically, this guy had a better completion percentage than J.C. Horn, better completion percentage than Derek Stingley Jr. And I'm like, how is this guy a fifth round pick? Uh, his size probably. Well, the big, that's, that's the thing. He's six foot, he's 200. This was the big knock on him. Everybody's big knock is he's not the fastest guy. He gets beaten over the top on a speedy receiver. 
Well, yeah, he's a big physical six foot, 200 pound guy. Take Bryce Hall, for example. If you take Bryce Hall with no help and you put him against the Tyreek Hill, you think he's keeping up? No. <laughs> that's not happening. Hall's yeah, yeah. a physical corner that's going to play tough and play with anybody within a certain amount of yards, but he needs help over the top. What right. anyone who's a Pitt fan will tell you, because I have a lot of friends who are Pitt fans, every outside cornerback at Pitt is on an island. They have no help. If gotcha. you play outside corner at Pitt, you either sink or swim alone. And that is why he got beaten over the top by speedy receivers. You give him help with his safety over the top, man, I am with those numbers I mentioned, him and Hall, I'm excited about the kind of lockdown potential those two can have. I like to hear. And one more pick we're going to go over, guys. One more cornerback we grabbed up. You mentioned him earlier. Brandon Eccles out of Kentucky. Another good athlete. Another guy with tremendous measurables. Maybe needs to improve the coverage skills. But, you know, this is the type of guy when you're in the sixth round and someone like this is out there, you go ahead and grip him up and see what you can get. Harrison, was this another guy? It's almost overkill at this point, right? How many corner, How many young cornerbacks they have. And that's but, the point. We said corner was an issue. Yeah, yeah. Just corner and linebacker I mean, were our biggest issue on defense. Now, is this a player yeah. you think drafted down here in the sixth round you think has a shot next year? Now, the fact that they have so many young corners, Gidry was undrafted, we have him in the squad. All the guys we took last year and all the guys we grabbed this year, they're not all going to play corner, as we know. Some are going to convert positions. Do you think this dude has a decent shot of making the squad? Do you think he's on the team next year for sure? I think he'll definitely make the squad. I think he has the potential. And again, we talked about, like, you know, Douglas having a tight. Looking at all three of those guys, they have elite speed. They're also all around 5'10", 5'11". They're all around 180, 190 pounds. All three of them are more physical than their size shows. They're very physical corners, speed demons, but all three of them also excel in man coverage. All three of them, which is really interesting because that goes to show, you know, people say, oh, we're only going to be running a zone. This isn't Adam Gase. We're not fitting a square peg into a round hole. Robert yeah. Sala is going to be doing multiple schemes and multiple combinations. He's going to use his guys to his strength. A guy like Hall will play in zone. A guy like Gidry and Carter, those guys are going to be in man coverage. So I like Gidry and Carter the most. I think they have the most potential to be the starting slot guys. Agreed. And Eccles would probably be the reserve in my opinion. But that's a great situation. We went from the point where before the draft where we're like, do we need Brian Poole? Now we're like, forget Brian Poole. Like yeah. we, we got, we got this young talent that I want to see play and yeah, don't Mike, sleep on Javelin Gidry, man. And Mike, I know Mike's, Mike's a big Gidry fan. He's I'm saying, a huge Gidry fan. Yeah, he's been saying, and we had Mr. Gidry on the show here. We spoke to his dad once. He's putting a book out. He's a really great guy. Oh, that's and awesome. Javelin Gidry is someone not just, if you look at him in college, he had a ton of tackles also. I mean, that guy does not mind hitting anybody and can cover. That might be someone who's a gem for us next year. And before we get out of here real quick, we don't have to go through every single pick from day one, though. But were you excited with the Wilson, Vera Tucker, getting Elijah Moore, getting Carter the way we did? Were you surprised at all they went offense four picks in a row there at the top? We haven't seen that in forever. What did you think after you saw those first two rounds? I was surprised with the offensive talent, the receiver and running back. It wasn't what I would what I was thinking. But again, it made so much sense. Like the 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 uh the value of what Douglas got is like insane. Like Elijah Moore was a first round prospect, easily a first round yes. prospect. Getting him in the second round was insane. And Michael Carter was easily, arguably a second round prospect, yeah. slept on because of Javonta Williams. Could have been a third. The fact that he was around in the fourth round is also insane. So oh, all of those are incredible value picks. Like Michael, I wasn't you, I didn't want those guys, but when I realized, you know, that's the pick you're getting them at, I'm cool with that. Like, I didn't think we were going to get Michael Carter because I wanted running back and wide receiver later on. But if yeah. Elijah Moore is available in the second round and Carter is available in the fourth round, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, I, think, I think both those guys could be starting. You know what else, dude? And you guys were saying it, man. Like, when it comes to the type with Joe Douglas, 
he does like guys too that have versatility, which you don't see that often in the NFL anymore. You look at look at Elijah Vera Tucker. We know he's gonna play guard, but say for instance, God forbid, something happened to the walking eclipse, Makai Becton. This kid could play left tackle. You're right. You know, worst case, yeah. Yeah, worst case scenario. I'm just knock on wood. Nothing's gonna happen. He's gonna be healthy his whole career, Makai Becton and be a Hall of Famer. But this he drafted guys that he knows can do more than just as advertised. Elijah Moore, we know he gets the ball. He can also catch a end it around like the, the Niners love to do with uh, all those guys. That their eye and all the receivers. It, his yards over the catch are ridiculous. Elijah Moore was my favorite receiver almost in this whole draft. So I couldn't even believe we got him. And I'm just so stoked. I got such a good feeling about next year. Just at least watching the games. Oh, just excited. that part. Just I'm, that part yeah. is going to be more entertaining than it's been for a couple of years here. Absolutely. I'm very, very excited. And uh, we're going to see, man. We got, we're in the long haul now. We got to wait until training camp starts, but we're going to have preseason. We're going to have this, the lead. We're going to be able to go to games. I'm psyched, man. It's going to be good. All right, everybody, that's all we got for this week. Uh, another one in the books. Michael, if anyone does want to get at us, listen to us, or support the AEBG universe in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. Harrison, if anyone wants to get at you, see your wisdoms that you're putting out into the universe on a daily basis, let them know where they could do that. Definitely, man. So I own my own Jets company, Take Flight Media. We do Jets writing, Jets reporting. I have a couple of writers on the site, uh, takeflightmedia.org. You can find us on Twitter at NYJets, TF Media. Also on Mondays, I do a podcast talking about all them Jets, uh, evaluation. Last one, we did offensive line analysis, have some guests on time to time. Uh, check that out. It's Monday nights live on YouTube at 7 p.m. It's called the Take Flight Spit and Fire podcast because I try to be spitting that fire. <laughs> That's it, what man. I'm talking about. <laughs> you heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Cronk, podcaster, teacher, writer, Harrison Glazier. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Peace out. Mm -hmm.